Gibbons goes, I, I can give you a half ride. And I was looking at him going, you what? You know, I was coming from a poor farming family. We had no money. And he's going, I'll give you a half ride. I'm, for a year straight, I got to train with Dave Schultz. And I taught every student, which is crazy. It was an old schoolhouse, three stories. I was a head wrestling coach, assistant football coach, assist or head seventh grade football, assistant eighth grade football, head girls seventh grade track, uh, assistant boys track, and I drove bus. I mean, welcome to the coach's corner, powered by Clash of Combat. I'm Ben. I'm Casey. Today we have Dave Malachek, head coach of UWL wrestling team, with us. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Excited to be on it. Am I your first guest? Yeah. Holy guest. smokes. This is big. This is big. I, I've been thinking about this a little bit, and I'm definitely excited to be on your guys' show. Right. Yeah, I am. That's from the heart, man. I'm ready. Coming off of a big win at the Pete Wilson, how does it feel? Well, you should ask the guy sitting next to you. You know, it came down to the end. We were at the Pete Wilson invite, the 82nd annual Pete Wilson uh, which is at Wheaton College, and uh, 34 teams, I believe, were there. And and your cameraman, uh, Mr. Shooty, got fourth place, did a great job uh, coming in there. And then uh, the guy sitting next to you, the, the, the Whopper himself, I'm going to put that on his single, the Whopper himself comes in, does, doesn't just place. He comes in and dominates and uh, – Made everybody look like chicken nuggets as he was the whopper and we got the fall in the finals. We end up winning the team title because of that. Shooty scored points. Casey scored points. Dude, it was awesome. It was awesome. I was like, man. One guy came up to me and said, who's your 97 pounder? <laughs> I said, that's all ours. That's Casey Gish. I said some swear words in there. Casey blank, beep, Gish. But it was really good. That was awesome to watch back at home. Good, yeah. I'm glad you're watching. Yeah. So, bringing it way back. Way oh, back my to- goodness. Osage, Iowa. Yep. Osage. What's your fondest memory of Osage? Well, you know, um, Osage, Iowa is just a, a town of 3,500 people just south of like Rochester, Minnesota. It's just over the Iowa, right past the Minnesota border for people that don't know. And man, it is wrestling. That That's all there is, you guys. You guys got to understand that, that there's nothing else in that town but wrestling. And so my parents luckily moved there, bought a farm. And they're from Pocahontas, Iowa. No, seriously, that's the name of the town. Pocahontas. We went through it when we were out. Anyway, it Pocahontas, Iowa, they bought this farm, decided to come. And I was born in, in Osage. And I have uh, two older brothers and older sister. My two older brothers wrestled. And fortunately, they started hanging around guys that wrestled. Well, in our school, everybody wrestled. So, like, you were always hanging around wrestlers. But in that school, uh, our football coaches are in the Hall of Fame. Our junior high wrestling coaches are in the Hall of Fame, and our high school coaches are in the Hall of Fame. We've had Olympic uh, gold medalists. We've had NCAA champs, Division One, Two, II, and Three, all from my high school. We've had NAIA champs. We've had team titles. Man, dude, we've had guys in the Olympics. I mean, you name it. That's, that's just what you did in all states. So come back, Ben and, and Casey. You guys asked me about my beginnings, man. I, I can't tell you how blessed I was to, to live in the great town of Osage. Now, we didn't wrestle like you guys in your AWA guys. We didn't have that back in the day. We had the Osage Little Green Devils. And we're the Green Devils, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about it. Devils aren't green, they're red, but we're the Green Devils. But we had a Little Devils Wrestling Club, and it wasn't even a club. You practiced four Thursdays, and then you wrestled in the Osage Tournament. That was it. I wrestled nine matches every year 
uh, from third grade all the way through sixth grade. That's all you got to do. Now, you guys got to remember, too, back in the day, um, you know, that was a pretty big deal. There wasn't tournaments all the time, and, and entry fees were like five bucks, and got a pretty cool trophy and a wall chart, and won some tournaments back in Osage. But the original question was, what's my fondest memory? Well, I'm, I'm kind of sharing that with you. It's wrestling around all these guys that everybody wrestled, and, and um, everybody, the whole town was involved. Everybody you knew wrestled. And I honestly, this isn't even a lie. I, I really didn't even know we had a basketball. You know, there's a, I didn't even know, like some, <laughs> which is crazy. I was like, I wonder what everybody else does on like Tuesday nights. Well, I guess there was basketball games on Tuesday. I didn't know that. But growing up like that just wasn't even thought of, of doing that. My fondest memory is being at a school in a community where wrestling was number one. Like that's like, you didn't walk up and go, oh, hey, what, you're a football guy or hey, you're, you know, a volleyball player or trackster. I had a classmate that went on and she won four state titles in track and field then went and ran at Stanford and went to the NCAA championships in the 400 then was also in the Olympic trials. I didn't even really know we had a track program. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? But because your whole life and everything was surrounded by the green devils of Osage wrestling. I, I tell you this, every time we go somewhere and I've traveled with you guys all over the place, you know, and people ask where you're from and I'll say lacrosse, Wisconsin, like, Oh, okay. Yeah. The, this, that, and that. Maybe they'll mention Joe Gao now that we know. <laughs> Can I say that on your podcast? Yeah. Okay. But when you said when you said Osage, they're like, oh, that wrestling town, so-and-so-and-so. Dude, everywhere I go in the United States, somebody knows Osage, Iowa. And uh, my fondest memory is just being a part of that, being a really small part of it. So that's a long answer to your question, yeah. but I got to it. That's one of my fondest memories. So and after you left there, uh, what made you choose Northern Iowa? You know, I <laughs> – that's a great question because, Casey, uh, you know, being in the business now of recruiting and being in the business of trying to influence young men to join us here as I, I really forced you three to come to UW Lacrosse. Like, I had some opportunities, um, had a decent high school career, had some opportunities to go some other places. And, and you talk about family. Family is really important to me. You guys know that. And I had a older sister that was just graduated from northern Iowa. Who I'd went and visited quite a few times in Cedar Falls, was only like an hour away. I then had an all-American brother that wrestled at older brother that wrestled at Nebraska, and had some opportunities to go there. Another brother played college football, and he was at Iowa State. And so those were my top three schools. And uh, because I'd been there, there was familiarity. I had family there. I was like, okay, and and it just really came down to guys on the team it came down to coaches it came down to I wanted to be a teacher and uh, they had the best education I just felt like there was just something about like I'd visited Nebraska numerous times because my brother was there and visited Iowa State numerous times and and uh, I'll tell you a quick story about Iowa State because I don't know who's gonna watch this podcast but I, you know Jim Gibbons does Big Ten Network and Shane Sparks is his buddy and he's all about it. And every time I see coach Gibbons, coach Gibbons was the coach. Then you guys got to think about this. I don't know if you know your history of wrestling, but Iowa was going for 10 in a row and Iowa state beat them to win that national title in 1988. And so Iowa state was the hottest thing in the land, man. They had won national championships. So I was going there to visit won a couple state titles placed three times at Fargo or at junior nationals. It was called back then. And I was at Iowa State, and I walk into Gibbons' office feeling pretty good about myself, and Gibbons goes, I, I can give you a half ride. And I was looking at him going, you what? You know, I was coming from a poor farming family. We had no money, and he's going, I'll give you a half ride. And I was like, dude, 
Serious? I sound like Mason Kaufman. Dude, really? <laughs> and um, he said, yeah. He goes, I got a guy I think that can beat you at 177. I got another guy, a guy your age, I think can beat you at 190. I was so pissed. I was like, yeah, all right, thanks, man. I already knew on the ride, drive home. I was like, I ain't going. I'm going I'm to beat those guys. Well, the irony of all this, he was right. He had a better guy than me at 177. And the guy at 190, we wrestled 12 times, and I only beat him five times. He beat me seven times. So he was right. I just didn't like hearing it. And now I see Gibbons quite often, and he still calls me my brother's name, Joe. So every time I see him, he goes, hey, Joe, how are you? So I just I, I always don't even bother to correct him anymore. I say, hey, I'm good. How are you? So <clears throat> I chose Northern Iowa coaches, teammates, area. And uh, I don't regret that at all, man. I, I had an amazing career, and, and I always think about you guys when you graduate. You go back, what you do it all over again, right? And the relationships I built and the people I had around me and, and some great, you know, mentors with Don Briggs and Joel Greenlee, and the list goes on and on. But I was pretty fortunate to go to Northern. I still smile when I think about, hell, even this weekend, this coming Sunday, I don't know where you're going to air this, but – Sunday, November, or November, February 4th, I'm going back to Northern Iowa. It's alumni day. So I can't wait to see some of those guys. And I got to make sure I get some push-ups in before we leave and get that medium T-shirt out and try to look good. <laughs> Next question. What do you got awesome. for me? So <laughs> go back to when you were an athlete. Oh, geez. What's your craziest story from being an athlete? Well, I, I have a lot of stories about when I was an athlete, but I, mean, I don't know how much time we got either. but. Isn't that crazy? I was so many. It was thirty some years ago. Jim, yeah, nineteen ninety four. That's thirty years ago. We're twenty twenty four. Whoa! Think about that. You guys weren't even born yet. Anyway, greatest memory. I tell you, one of the craziest ones is I won in I don't know how many overtimes it was back then in the finals of our national qualifier to go as a freshman. That guy had beat me. I went into the qualifier. There was nine schools. I was the fourth seed. I'd been beat by three other guys. I was the fourth. They weren't thinking about me going to the national meet. Semifinals, I upset a guy that beat me during the year, and then finals, I won. Like I didn't even know I won. I was like walking off the mat, like God, I just got beat. My coach, like you won. I was like, oh, hey, I won. Uh, qualified for the NCAs then, but I uh, freshman year, I I, I tell the story because Mason Kaufman um, is from Northern Illinois. We're wrestling Northern Illinois, and and I I get beat, and we win the duel like forty nine to three. I'm the only one that loses. And I was so mad after the match. I go to the gym. I'm I'm so mad, embarrassed. I'm the only one that's lost. I'm a 190 pounder freshman. Everybody else killed them. I go and I kick the door. I kick the door and go outside. Just my pulled my singlet down. I had my wrestling shoes on, my knee pads, singlet pulled down, headgear through. So stupid, so childish. Don't you guys ever do that? I'd lose it on you three. Anyway, I go out. It's snowing. It's like 10 below. It's snowing, and I turn around to, to go back in the door's locked <laughs> you can't get in bang on the door bang, bang 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 nobody lets me in not my team not my coaches nobody bang 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 they won't let me in so i had to eat a little crow or suck up suck it up and walked all the way around outside the gym back into where they were taking the gate money and admissions and walk in front of the whole crowd freezing no just a singlet wrestling shoes on I was so embarrassed. I was so embarrassed. Never did it again. Never get it again. Um, I uh, I lost a duel in the national duels in the semifinals to Nebraska. 
I was going for the major, and I shot a double with my elbows out. The guy lat drops me and pins me. And I didn't even fight off my back. I think I was in such shock. I'm still feeling it right now. All I had to do was dig my heels in. And I just laid there and got pinned. And Jim Miller, who was the assistant coach, and now the head co- was the head coach at Warburg, and he picked me up by the back of the singlet. And I can imagine I was 90-pounder, 5'11", same height I am now, 190 pounds. I'd like to think I had a little more muscle back then. He grabbed me and, like, twisted my singlet and picked it up. And my feet were barely touching the ground. He was so mad. And he drugged me off there, and he said, that'll never happen again. He said some other choice words to me. <laughs> and I think, man, I'm scared of that dude. And come to find out, you know, 10 years later, I'm his assistant coach. You know, I get to work with him every day. And he he, he didn't ever brought it up. I never brought it up because he still scares me to this day. <laughs> Crazy stories. I Man, I, I just think, you know, I, I need to tell this part of the story. I don't know how good I had it uh, at you and I. Uh, I had uh, great assistant coaches. Joel Greenlee was amazing. Now the head coach at Ohio University, who at the time was training the whole time and, and was third on the ladder behind Bruce Baumgartner and, and Tom Erickson, two of the best guys in the world. And Joel's training with me every day and just tortured me. Oh, my God, he would torture me. My neck and shoulders still hurt because of him. So that was a little crazy. But then the other part, too, I think about, we brought in Tim Krieger as an assistant coach. Tim was a first ever four, four times he was the number one seed at Division once. And he got um, first twice, second once, and fifth. And that was my workout guy. And a quick story about him as crazy as we're practicing. He's torturing me. He's a 150-pounder. He just torture you. I've never been beat up so bad by a guy. So physical, so mean. He broke my nose. Blood everywhere. And he's like, where are you going? I go, go to the training room. My nose is like pointing to the side, blood everywhere. He goes, get back in here. You're fine. I said, no, I got to get this thing fixed. So they go in the training room. They straighten it a little bit. I left practice. This is at the end of practice. He's put the note on my locker. So I get cleaned up. I had to go see the doc. I get a note on my locker. It says, your nose is a long ways from your heart. See it at 6 a.m. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, this guy's crazy. So I got to train with him, which was awesome, uh, which was hell. You know, I mean, one time he put me on a bike and, and it, my legs cramped so bad. It was for an hour where the sprints on the bike and I cramped and fell off and he, he helped me back onto the bike so I could finish the workout. And that's kind of coach he was. So I don't know if that's a great memory or terrible memory, but I also think the other part, Dave Schultz, you know, um, came in, got to know coach Briggs and they did a trade off. He'd come coach us my senior year and, and then he would train with us. And for a year straight, I got to train with Dave Schultz and, that was 1994, and I, I've i never felt something like that in my life. I can't even explain it to you guys what it felt like to have Dave Schultz. I mean, he, he choked me out one time. I saw stars and heard a waterfall. He made me wrestle out in front of West Gym with no shirts on. If you ever seen a picture of Dave, he was all hair. It was gross, but he made us take our shirts off. I don't know why, but we wrestled in the summer out on the yard. He he tortured me so bad. I and I was 190 pounder, and I, I thought I was pretty good. And Dave was 163 pounder. I've never, and he was so far ahead technically that I can't even begin to tell you guys. Like I, I know there's a lot of great technicians in the United States right now. There's never been anybody like Dave, not even close. I would put him up against anybody, and that's just coming from me, right? I'm, maybe I'm a little biased, but the things he taught me, and things he could show me, and the things he could do, and he was a little quirky and. And, but my God, he helped me more than anything. I placed fourth. That is just, I mean, all my coaches helped me, but that guy, that guy took me to a totally different level. And he totally believed in me the whole time. And that was the other thing I was telling Krieger the other day, just having that blind faith and totally believing in somebody. So 
anyway, I could ramble for days, but man, I, I got to give a shout out to those guys. Those guys all help me. They're amazing people. Sure. For sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I heard you got in a few bar fights back in well, the day. Yeah, I knew you were going to ask this question. So I kind of <laughs> laughed, but you know, and I don't blame myself. I blame the people I hung around. Like, dude, they had some mouths on them and I had buddies that would pick them and then we kind of laugh i i'm more of a lover not a fighter but i i had to hold my own a couple of times and i i didn't win dude i got my butt kicked so bad one time like it was ugly i deserved it right but here's the other thing i probably should have thought about this a little bit casey and and shooty and ben i'm 0 and 57 in fights 0 and 57 i'm still looking for that first fight because i had two older brothers and even my sister beat me a couple of times so like i've never won in a fight ever and then I got I got rocked pretty good a couple of times at you and I, but it was always my fault. But you know, there I mean I I don't know like yeah I, we had some fun, but I, I it was more protecting more than anything. I don't know where I'm going with this, but dude, I I got beat up. Yeah, I got beat up by my brothers. Let's go to the next question. Well, we're talking about fights. Put your back against the wall. That's why I always tell you guys just put your back against the wall. Casey, what's up? Um, so after. After college, when you start coaching, what led you to coach? Yeah, so that's, uh, I started out as a high school coach. I thought that's exactly what I wanted to do at the time. Um, I wanted to take that first job right away. And looking back, I mean, it wasn't the wrong route. Maybe it wasn't the right route, but it wasn't wrong. I, I went out to Northwest Iowa in a small town called uh, Aurelia, Iowa. And the whole town itself has a 1,000 people. And I taught K through 12 PE. Um, uh, every student in the school I taught, every student, which is crazy. It was an old schoolhouse, three stories. I was a head wrestling coach, assistant football coach, assist or head seventh grade football, assistant eighth grade football, head girls seventh grade track, uh, assistant boys track, and I drove bus. I mean, dude, I did it all. And um, I I was there two years, and that's where I started. And but actually, that's where I got started. Division three. Legendary coach named Al Baxter was at Storm Lake, Iowa, where we wrestled the BV Open. That coach asked me to come over and work out with some of these guys at night. So I do a high school practice, 3.30, 5.30, then at 6 o'clock, I drive over to Storm Lake and, and wrestle a guy by the name of Jay Huff. And Jay was a national champ uh, for us at BV when I when I was there. So I got an opportunity, got a taste of this D3 thing. I was like, man, that's pretty cool. I kind of dig it. These guys are coming in wrestling at night and training really hard and a little higher level. And we weren't very good at, at Aurelia. So I spent two years there and then um, went back to Cedar Rapids, Iowa uh, and got a high school or elementary job and, and a high school job at a Catholic school called Regis, which it turned into Xavier. Was there six years. Enjoyed that. Had some family stuff happen where, um, you know, my, my all within 10 days, my dad died. My uncle died two days later. My grandma died five days later. So had a really tough spell. I was engaged to a girl that broke it off. Kind of down on the dumps a little bit. Had to kind of have a come to Jesus talk with myself and and <laughs> try to figure out what was best with me and and ended up then getting a phone call. It's kind of funny how mysteriously things happen. But Coach Miller, who was my coach in college, who I talked about earlier, was a head coach at Wartburg. Had won some national titles there, quite a few national titles. Said, "Hey, I I want you to come and be my first ever Division three assistant wrestling coach." And I was like, "All right, I'll think about it." It was closer to home. Closer to my mom, and and uh, I was making thirty six thousand as a high school teacher and coach. I thought I was rich. Coach Miller goes, "I'll pay you twenty grand." I was like, "I'm in." Took a sixteen thousand dollar pay cut, the best decision of my life. So, 
end up going to Wartburg for six years and fortunate enough to be around some amazing coaches and some wrestlers, uh, not as cool as you guys, but uh, some amazing guys and, and actually met my wife there, uh, who's in the Hall of Fame there for volleyball and basketball. Uh, met a ton of great people, still lifelong friends there and, and got you know educated by Coach Miller and, on how to run a program and how to be a CEO and how to challenge people. And, and, uh, and then... Man, been here 18 years. Lacrosse, this job opened up, and there's some other opportunities for me to go some other places. Got a couple other job offers. Told them no, and and um, this opened up. And Coach Miller always talked about go somewhere where you can win. And I knew he could win here. And uh, amazing education, university is close enough to home still, and all the factors kind of came into play. And and uh, I'll tell you a real funny story about that. Is my wife said we'll go. My wife had a great job. We had triplets at the time, and now we still do, but had triplets there were three and said i'll go but there's a couple stipulations i was like oh boy says i'll go but i get to be a stay-at-home mom cake you bet let's do it he goes the second one is though you got to take dance lessons with me i'm like what so i almost didn't take this job because i didn't i don't dance i don't want to dance i mean i'll dance if i have to but i i don't want to dance maybe i get a couple beers in me then i'll do it but i didn't want to do it i was like i ain't doing this Casey, I ain't doing it. And I really want that job. really want that job. All right, I'll do it. So I had to shake on it. And sure enough, we moved here the first month here. Every Wednesday night for six weeks in a row, we went to the YMCA from 8 till 9 p.m. and had dance lessons. So we danced and uh, actually had a great time with it. I don't remember any of the steps. I don't remember any how to do it anymore, but that was part of the stipulations. I don't think I've ever told anybody that story, so I'm glad I could tell BK, be the first one on BK to tell that story. Well, at least you got, you got Vibato now. Yeah, Vibato's day. <laughs> I said, he never asked me to be a guest speaker. I said, I could have done that. So anyway, and that's where we're at now, man. 18 years here at UWL. What are some of the highlights? <laughs> some of the highlights here at UWL? Man, I think it goes back even some of those highlights at Aurelia, some of the highlights at Regis Xavier. I, you know, Aurelia, they weren't, it wasn't a wrestling town that I grew up like in Osage. And we struggled a little bit. We won some great duels, had some great mentors. Some, there's some young men on that team that I still stay in touch with, which is pretty cool, 30 years later. Sierra Xavier, uh, Regis, the Catholic school, um, they're 0 58 when I got there. And our, our first year, we went 8 5. And uh, then we won again. We went from zero kids in the kids club. And within six years, we had 114 kids. And we were going down the right. And we, they built a brand new school, brand new wrestling room. It's called Xavier now. Uh, I was really proud of that. I was really proud to, to kind of get going. I had the first state champ and Mike Shedek, who then went uh, on and wrestled at Northern Iowa as their heavyweight. Uh, still good friends with him and a lot of those guys that wrestled for me at Xavier. Uh, and then highlights at Warburg, obviously the people I met. And the opportunities to really learn from one of the best coaches. I think you're going to talk about Mount Rushmore, you know, coaches on that. He's Coach Miller is one of those guys that just had uh, blind faith in me and blind faith in these wrestlers and just had made people believe in themselves and believe in it, they could do anything. And that's definitely a highlight seeing those guys. You know, I got to personally work with some, you know, the upper weights and even some of the lower weights. But, man, there's there's some guys that, that won some national titles that had no right winning national titles and and they believed they could you know and um man there's some good highlights there and then man it 18 years here we this podcast would go on for hours i could tell you about millions of things from just you three sitting here too things you guys have done that I'm proud of i'm proud of 
Every guy that's wrestled for me all four years graduated. That's always fun to see him walk across the stage getting a diploma. Proud of the guys that are out there married now and have kids, becoming fathers. Uh, proud of the guys that maybe were what I call knuckleheads in college that find you five years down the road. Go, coach, I just want to apologize for all that stuff I did. That's a proud moment. <laughs> you guys are probably calling me somewhere down the road, coach. I'm really sorry. Um, but because I had to do that to my coaches, I had to apologize being a knucklehead. Um, Man, I, th- I think winning national duels in 2022, anytime you win a conference championship, anytime you bring home a trophy, NCAAs. But, you know, it, it's not about those, you guys. It's not about those wins. It's about those guys doing things they didn't think they could do. You know, making them believe that they could do anything they set their mind to. And I think seeing these guys that have gone before you all and, and proud that, that they went to UWL. You know, that's probably some of my highlights. I just, I love this university. I love being here. I've had opportunities to leave and and I don't want to leave. I want to retire here and I want to stay here and finish this and just make it better for the next guy. It's not about me. It's about the program. I'm probably more proud of that. If you think about where we started and no one will know this on the podcast, but I'll tell them because you're going to have so many followers. I first took this job as 25% head wrestling coach, 25% fundraising for the rec department, 50% teaching. And I was competing against all these other coaches that were all full-time coaches. I had no assistant coach. So fast forward 18 years, I'm full-time coach. We got a full-time assistant. We got people involved in the program, new wrestling room on the way. There's so many positives, you guys. It, it's unbelievable. They used to never even have uniform. They, they had singlets, but they didn't have warm-up tops and bottoms. It, anyway, we don't want to get into all that. But I'm really proud of here at UWL hopefully moving the program forward and to a spot. Whoever takes over next has got a lot easier now. Man, there's so many guys. They're, all the guys, man. I could tell you stories about so many of them that still get in touch and, you know, the comments they make and, the, you know, today send out stuff for NCAA championship tickets. Guys talking about fired up. You know, it's just us. Fired up and go Eagles. And, oh, man, it's awesome. I love it. Because when you see that Eagle logo, hopefully I mean something to them and then I did my job. Sure. That's yep. awesome. You have to narrow it down to one. What is the best or your favorite moment of being an athlete in Favorite memory? Um, I mean, placing NCAA championships was pretty cool. Um, I got fourth my senior year. I was at the tournament every year and, and didn't really put it together till the end. That was because of Briggs and Greenlee and Krieger and Miller and Dave Schultz and all of them, my teammates, you know, believing in me. That was pretty cool. I think wrestling Olympic trials was kind of a highlight. It was in the uh, final, I don't know what they call it now, the final X. No, nah, not the final X, but the final, the Olympic trials in Spokane, Washington was pretty cool. It was on an elevated stage and this huge arena and got a chance to wrestle in that. Um, that's probably as an athlete, that's probably one of the cooler ones, I think. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And as a coach, geez. Um, we came really close to winning it in 2010. That seems so long ago, 14 years ago. We came really close to winning it in 2010. We got second that year. And we were walking out with those guys and knew they'd give it their all. And uh, to see them grab that trophy and, and do that, I thought that was pretty cool. That's probably right now. That's one with with more to come, right? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Okay. For sure. Okay. What's your biggest loss as an athlete? Oh, good. I quarterfinals. Isn't this so funny? You know all these. Okay, so probably quarterfinals. Junior year NCAA championship, got beaten overtime, stopped wrestling against Emilio Collins, great guy from Michigan State, who I'd beaten earlier in the year. Uh, and then on the back side, I got beat by a kid from Pitt, who I'd beaten 
the year before the NCAA championship. That one, that one just stung. That was my junior year. Cause that I was ranked six or seed six and didn't place. Um, my sophomore year in Oklahoma City, um, I took a loss in the quarters as well to a Navy kid who I crushed. I shouldn't say it like that. Who I beat, and then I got beat on the backside by somebody two to place. So I was in the blood round twice and didn't place. Yeah, those those are probably those are hard. Those are really hard to to not get what you want. Yeah, it still stings all these years later. So how did uh, your Balchek team get you? Ah, that's a great question. So, geez, this podcast is gonna be long. Um, <laughs> so I was doing a camp my first year here at UWL. I'll give you the really short story. I was doing camp, and this guy uh, asked me to come to do a wrestling camp in in the Dells at a high school. I can't remember what high school it was. So I go do this camp. There's 12 kids there. Kids don't want to be there. I was just full of coffee. I was ready to go. I run this session. This old guy sits in the corner, watches the whole session. And at the end, he comes up and introduces himself. He says, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. I think you could bring camps to water parks. And I said, I don't really have time. He goes, hey, I just want to buy you a beer, which always suckers me in. Okay, I'll do it. All right, let's have a beer. So I'll go have a beer with this guy, and he introduced me to the owner, Mike Kaminsky of uh, Chula Vista Resorts. And he says, hey, man, we think we can do something big here. We need numbers at Chula, and why don't you come do a wrestling camp here? So we go. I go home, tell my wife about it, and we say, all right, we'll come visit. So we come visit Chula Vista. They show us around the rooms. They show us the arena and everything. And so we start talking about it, and he goes, hey, I want you to do it next summer. I was like, oh, geez, I don't know. So <clears throat> we talk, and we talk about it and the first year we had uh, 110 kids and it was unorganized we didn't know what we were doing and we had run camps before the technique parks were easy but just dealing with the resort and the arena was difficult and insurance and everything else but we learned from all of our lessons we asked a lot of questions of other people we we leaned on some people we trusted we figured things out. We did a ton of research. And one of the best things you guys that I ever did was I got my wife involved. At the point, it was just me um, running the camp. And then I got my wife involved. So, you know, I'm, I'm a huge believer in that family time. And all of a sudden, now I'm running a camp during the summer when I'm usually home and around my wife and kids. And now I'm gone again, you know. And so I got her involved. And you guys know my wife a little bit, but you'll know her that she's very organized. She's very direct. She's just amazing at putting her mind to something and, and accomplishing a goal. That's what made her a great athlete, makes her a great person, makes her a great mom. She has an amazing mind. And so she got involved with it. And over the time, she has really kind of come to her role with registration and organization. She does all that stuff. So fast forward 15 years later, we 1,500 kids and 60 teams and a wait list. And we've run a great camp. And they said at the very beginning, hey, you need a name for your camp. I'm like, you know, I'm not real creative. And so I'm like, All right, well, let's just call it Malchick Team Camp, Malchick Camp. And it's stuck. And so it's been pretty cool uh, to go to high school tournaments, go to high school state tournaments and see Malchick Team Camp, see our logo and, and all that. And it's it's been proud for my myself and our family. And uh, it's been great for my my mom, who just thinks the world of it, thinks that's the coolest thing in the world. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of how it got started, just a random some guy and a beer. You know, how many stories could you tell like that, Casey? Just, you know, offer me a beer. I'll, I'll yeah, we can do something. So you have uh, another something that came up with Mondays with Malachek. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we thought, okay, let's do something on social media. And, and back then, um, the assistant at the time was Ross Needham. And, and uh, 
we got talking. I said, I need kind of a co-host. I, I can't remember the exact details of it, but we did a video just kind of like this. No graphics, no intro, no nothing. Microphone was, we didn't have a microphone. We were just talking into this little camera. And one of our alums, Chase Steiners, him and his dad are in production. They do it for the Badgers and everything out of Madison. And and Jim emails me. I'll never forget this. Emails me and says, that was embarrassing. Don't put that on social media. I'm sending you a camera, a microphone, and an intro. We'll take care of you. So I was like, yeah, sure you are. Right? Like I'm like, okay, was it really that bad? It must have been. So he, I ain't kidding you, a week later, he sends us a $700 camera, you know, a $300 mic. And this intro says, what do you think? And it was spot on. It's freaking spot on. You guys, I, I don't I don't ever look forward to doing it. I don't want to do it. But like it, so many people like, hey, I didn't see Mondays with Malachek this week. What's going on? You know, everything okay? It's that consistency like I hope you guys do with this podcast that you go out and you ask the, don't, I shouldn't say what to do, what not to do. We just ask the, I want people to see a different side of me. Uh, I had one coach go, man, Malachek, you're always so serious. I'm like. Dude, I'm the goofiest guy you ever met. And they're like, we, he, he had no idea, right? You guys know. He had no idea. So I was like, God, people, I don't want that perception. I'm just this boring, straight-laced guy with no sense of humor, dude. I, I sometimes think I'm kind of funny. But anyway, that's kind of how it started. And then, like, people are like, hey, I want to be on the show. I want to be on the show. I've only had one person turn me down and say they didn't want to be on the show. My brother, Joe. I ain't doing that. I had my other brother, my sister out. They're all gung-ho. They, they did great. We did them last year. We did them this fall. They were great. My brother Joe, oh, hell no. He ain't doing it. <laughs> Come on, man. So that's how it started. And then, like, you get people on. We've had Shane Sparks, Jason Bryant. We've had uh, athletes, parents, alums. We've had doctors. We've had lawyers. We've had everybody on that show. And we've done funny things. Like, we'll just, like, what's the quirkiest thing we can do? Well, one time we went out back, and it was middle of February. And we just took our shirts off and filmed from you know, like the chest up just to like get people's attention. Like, why don't they have shirts on? One time I stood on a box just so I was taller than Ross when he was interviewing. Just little things just to get, catch people's attention. And we always keep it under seven minutes because people won't watch it if it's more than seven minutes, which is going to be longer than this podcast. Uh, and then the other part too is like ask them things that so they get to know you a little bit. You know, don't, how many wins do you have? How many losses do you have? You know, like trying to ask people questions. Like I got Leo traveling on this afternoon. I got all kinds of questions because mom and dad both went to Whitewater. So don't sure. think I'm not going to run with that one today. Um, but yeah, that's how that's how Mondays with Malachek started. That's how it started. Yep. Awesome. Then what is your Mount Rushmore of coaches? Well, I think because of the hair, obviously, Kale is on <laughs> there. Casey, you got to go Kale and Casey. You have to. Right. And I, I grew up with Gable, so you either hate Gable or love Gable. And I love Gable. I love Gable beer. I love everything about it. So Gable, so there's three. Um, I think a guy you gotta you gotta give serious contention to. Well, John Smith's your fourth and there's five, right? On Mount Rushmore, I think there's five. Well, we're gonna go five. And then you gotta throw Bill Zadik on. Look what Bill's done for USA wrestling. Think about it. they're the best in the world. And that's all because of Bill Zadik. That's nobody else. And so, I think uh, I think I go Bills. That, yeah, Kale and Casey. I mean, dude, there's some great coaches. Some great coaches. Okay. And um, what would you ask the next coach we're gonna have on? Oh, that's yeah. I've seen this on somewhere. That's really a great question. Like I, I one funny story. Like funny stories. Like I think the biggest thing with college wrestling is that as coaches, we all got stories. 
I mean, we, I could go days on end. You guys ever ride in the van with me? Shooty didn't want to ride in the cool van either, did you, Casey, on the way to... Wyler and I talked the whole way, like just telling stories. I, I want to relive those stories of guys that came before you. I think you got to ask that next coach that comes on. Like, you know, tell funny stories of things that happen, like, you know, whatever it is, because those are the ones they're going to remember. They're going to remember that, and you got to enjoy wrestling. And the more stories we tell, that's what we need. I mean, I could sit for hours and listen to Jim Miller tell stories, Coach Gable tell, Royce Alger tell stories, like back when I was in my day, right? You guys got to have stories like this. I, I encourage you and that next coach to tell as many stories as possible. All right, well, that's all we got today. Appreciate your time. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me on. Go Eagles. Yep. Fired up.